all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. And yet another reverse bad thing. Yeah, but they, they're frequent enough now where it's just like... That's true. It's like You've a, done a lot lately. Yeah, like I can... Uh, if I need to step up here and there, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are uh, buried in tax season right now. I so. am. I am. I'm starting <laughs> to see the light a little bit. A little bit, which is I, nice. I like the gif of the, the cat burying himself <laughs> into the couch. <laughs> On Twitter, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. There's just, I I got into work today and I was just like, I don't feel like doing any of this right now. <laughs> it's funny. That's the same feeling I had when I showed up to work today. <laughs> but here's the difference. Here's the difference when you're self-employed. You no have one's to. making you yeah, do you it. You gotta. You can goof off as much as you want. The problem is you're not going to make money if you mm-hmm. do it. So you have to motivate yourself to do it. It it can be tough sometimes, but I'm I'm much happier doing that than pretending not to be goofing off, which is what I used to do yeah, <laughs> when clearly I was. Seeing as how I had to fill in for somebody today, so I've worked uh, mm. three 12-hour days in a row. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I'm a wee bit tired, yes. Yeah. So if I sound like I'm falling asleep during this episode, <laughs> I might be. Well, you're telling the story, so it might that's be a little... That's really the only thing that's going to keep me awake. Um, it's a good thing you're not telling the story tonight, because I wouldn't have much to add. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, to kind of do some programming notes, because we've actually planned a little bit ahead. Some, uh, some housekeeping. Right. Um, so, this episode is coming out on March 25th. The following yes. week will be april fool's day and we're going to have a special april fool's day story now to be clear we will not be pulling an april fool's joke on you i will not stand for that i fucking hate april fools i hate pranks so we're not going to be pranking you um it's an april fool's themed story but it is still a Realistic, I'm looking forward a real to it. story, yeah. Um, and it's going to be a nice, lighthearted story, God, too. Because we're, we're going to need it. Yeah, because as we've, this is, uh, it's not going to be a surprise because we've already kind of talked about it. Um, April 15th, aside from being tax deadline day, um, is also the, this April 15th is the 30th anniversary of the Hillsborough Stadium disaster. Yes. So we're going to be doing a two-parter on that starting on the 15th, and we'll be splitting it like we did with uh, the BP oil spill, too. Yes. Um, except we'll flip-flop it where you'll be doing the first episode and I'll be doing the second. So I'll be, be, I'll be uh, getting into the history of the team, mm-hmm. the city, that kind of thing. Maybe you can make heads up. or tails of um, the Premier League and all that stuff. Uh, I understand it to a degree. Agree, but not fully. So I'll probably leave that out. Okay, but they well, are. We but, but touch on it seeing before. it, they are towards the end of their season now. So some teams are being considered for relegation. Yeah, that's I, right. I do that's, know that. Because, that's so weird. Because after my NHL show comes on, which I in the love, crease. Yes. Mm-hmm. If anybody who is out there who is an NHL fan, I'm hoping there's a couple other. Um, if you don't know this, um, not that I want to shill for this company but this app is worth it get espn plus it's five bucks a month it has tons of nhl coverage Mm. 
and it is well worth it. They have at least a game or two on every single day. And to me, like the best part about the NHL this season, not it's only not only him, <laughs> not only are the Hurricanes, uh, they're going to make the playoffs. Like they're they're really good this year, and it's the first time they've been really good in a long time. This will be the first time they're in the playoffs in ten years. You do realize this is becoming a sports. I, I understand, but, but uh, get ESPN Plus if you like yes, hockey. There yes. you go. But after, um, and then there's the In the Crease show. Yeah, and after that show, and comes they have on, games on every day. After that show you, comes your on, original point. <laughs> yes, find the meatball. <laughs> My original point was it will bleed into the uh, soccer show oh, okay. that they have. So now I and I just I'll be doing something else, but it'll mm-hmm. still be on them. And mm-hmm. but I keep hearing the word relegation, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like oh I know I what that means. Know what that means, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is about to get demoted. Yes, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to and by looking forward, obviously, well you guys know. Um, to, to doing that disaster, because that's kind of one of the first disasters we sort of shared a little bit, because remember we yeah, watched that way that 30 before for 30? we even thought of doing this. Yes. Years. Yeah, like a couple of years, at least. I think two, it was maybe the first years. year we were together or something. Yeah. I watched it on our second Thanksgiving together. <laughs> I remember watching it oh, on wow. Thanksgiving day. So we were together like a year and a half or mm-hmm. something. And I had just recently watched it. I think we watched yeah. it separately. We I did. think. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, it made me feel so much better about Thanksgiving. And I think that's something to be grateful for. <laughs> I think that's kind of why I was watching it on that day. Oh you yeah. Know? Cause we're disasters gonna, make you feel thankful. It's like, we're going to go over to your parents' house. Hopefully we don't die in a car accident on the way over. <laughs> um, well, at the very least we weren't going to die in a crowd crush. No. And that's, over. and that one is, um, there are two different stories for a reason. There's a reason we're splitting it into two different episodes. Yeah. It's a very compelling story. Um, and then we'll be on the fast track because this is episode. I have to look ninety. We are ten. Yeah, we are ten away from our hundredth. Mm-hmm. Okay, our hundredth three parter, wow. very special um, uh, a- a podcast show. Um, <laughs> that was very poorly put. But um, and now you know well, the. It was, it was accurate. <laughs> now you know the topic. It I, was accidentally given away, but that's okay. I think it's um, going to be a good one anyway. It's a good one to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I will want to do research for that as well. No. No? Not allowed. Mm-hmm. Not allowed? Okay. No. I got it. This is my topic. Okay. But you can pick our I, 200th. I will, I, will, <laughs> I will provide cheerful banter. Yes. Oh, you'll have lots of input. Which I'm sure will be in short supply for what we have. <laughs> yes, it will. Oh. Yes, it will. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. This has been a very long housekeeping episode, but I do want to mention a, a <laughs> couple more things. All bad housekeeping. Yeah. One thing, the topic you're going to be covering today, which I do know because we had more printer issues, so I oh, ended up seeing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Emily, I do believe, suggested this topic. Oh, so, did she? Yeah, just okay. to shout her out. Um, and then a couple other things. One, um, we heard from Sarah um, Sarah Q? Sarah Q. The, really? Yeah. The Orthodox Jew from NYU? NYU, yes. Is she still at NYU? I'm, I'm assuming I she's still so. an Orthodox Jew. I think that part Yes. She specifically mentioned staying kosher, so. Oh, okay. Um, so, yes, I believe those are all accurate statements. Yeah, um, we, we have not heard from her in a long time. No, she had a great email. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to just give some highlights. She sent a very interesting article about how they're setting up solar panels at Chernobyl oh. now. 
So it's, it's like trying to do something positive with the um, landscape they're there. Like, they're like, we'll put three over there, and it didn't look like we're doing something. <laughs> well. That's um, my Russian accent. That's very good. I can do. Very good. Uh, over by the corner. She... <laughs> We were when for the around blizzard episode. I guess we must have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I. Oh, yeah. I did mention. Um, you know, in the how far back Aaron's history goes, I mentioned um, Esther, the Book of Esther, the Old Testament story. Anyway, sure. Sarah had a lot to say about the oh, okay. story of Esther because it's a very important story um, in Jewish culture because it's where Purim comes from. Um, okay. She said, yes, it did happen in Iran. She said, it's a wild story. Oh, Purim is March 21st. So we're recording what, this what on is, the... What is Purim? It's, it's a Jewish holiday. Oh, but um, for what? For this, what? for Oh, Esther. for this event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, it's coming up. So that's tomorrow for us. I keep thinking of Esther as a, like a person, not an event. She is. She was. Oh, okay. It's what she well, did. Then, well, then both. She helped save the Jews was the idea. Her people. Um, but the highlights that uh, she... Obviously, she sent us an email and She's like, she's like, I have a feeling David's been slipping on his uh, Jewish knowledge. <laughs> you are correct. Um, she mentions these highlights from the um, the story of Esther. Esther invites her husband and potential murderer to a party. The party is revealed to be an invitation for another party. <laughs> um, the king of Persia has trouble sleeping, so he has a servant read his kingly diary to him as a nighttime story. <laughs> A villain is indecisive. This, this is the story? Yeah. Like, this yeah, is the yeah, legend? Yeah. yeah. And the I, lore? I, well, this is what's in the Old Testament. I totally trust Sarah. She is smart as fuck. A villain is indecisive about when he feels like committing genocide, so he rolls some dice to decide the date for it. A wacky misunderstanding where someone drops a hint that he should be, that there should be parades through the streets in the king's clothes and it results in him parading his worst enemy through the streets in the king's clothes. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> look into <laughs> Esther if you want to know the details of that. Are your words broken again? Um, apparently, in uh, the Ladbroke Grove rail crash, we were trying to identify what the vertical equator version of the equator was. Okay. You know, we yes, you, the I do remember east, that. It's called the Prime Meridian. Duh, something yes. we both should have known. Yep. Um, but somebody more eloquent and educated than us <laughs> came up with it. Thank you, Sarah. Um, she also enjoyed our Disco Demolition Night episode, so she brought it up at a few parties. Good. (laughs) Yeah. I was just hoping people would have fun with that one. Yes. Um, she's also from, uh, suburban Illinois. So, uh, she's from the Chicago area, and she recommends seeing the Baha'i Temple, the Skokie Holocaust Museum, the Frank Lloyd Wright House tour in Oak Park. Oh, Frank Lloyd Wright, definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the Holocaust Museum, just for the... The Museum of Science and Industry, the Museum of Surgical Science. That, that sounds would be cool. fascinating yeah, to that'd me. That would be cool. Um, and Peregrine Falcons, who oh, nest on top yep. of the Evanston yes, Library. I want to see that. You know what those are? Falcons. But do you know what their specialty is? Being large birds. They're actually not. They're kind of small. Well, mm. medium size. They can dive bomb at like 200 miles an hour. Like they so you are the, just want to be careful as the, you're watching them. Probably. They're they're like the, for a certain amount of time, they are the fastest creature on Earth. Oh, okay, yes. I, I have heard that, yeah. And the reason is because they perch way high up and just, yeah. Just straight just down. Just descend. Okay. Very fast. Um, she also recommends the Art Institute, the Field Museum, Navy Pier, which I have been to Navy Pier, and she says the bean is overrated. I don't know what the bean is, but apparently it's either. overrated. Anyway. Uh, and also on my list of Chicago would mm-hmm. definitely be Wrigley Field. Yes. 
yes, which is literally just in the middle of the city. It's kind of funny. Um, so thank you, Sarah. We're glad to hear from you again. One last thing. <laughs> this is such a long intro. Um, but this is super- <laughs> this is our other podcast we're starting, just called Housekeeping. <laughs> but this is a super important thing. So you know our um, awesome listener Lee. Yes, the arson yes. former arson investigator. Mm-hmm. You, are you talking about the post that he made? No. Well, okay, go ahead. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I go don't ahead. think he made a post. Anyway. Um, I'm thinking of somebody else. No, this he messaged okay. to me. Um, Lee is also an author. And when I say he's an author, I mean like he's a legit mm. author. He is releasing a fiction book, a novel, next month. No shit. He's going to send us a copy. Isn't that the sweetest really? thing? That's awesome. I cannot wait. Yes. It's going to be so fun. I, I And it's... I'm not going to... It will be the first book I read in a long time. Yeah. I will read it. Well, and the plot sounds really fascinating, too. I'm not going to get too into it, because I don't no want to... shit. If there's some spoilery stuff, I don't want to spoil it too much. Anyway, um, it's going to be set in World War II. Oh, I so, love it. I love yeah. it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, World War II fiction? Yes, okay. novel. Mm-hmm. Love it. 1943, yes. I think it takes... In Europe. I'll read it. So, yeah. For sure. It, it, it sounds really great, um, and I definitely want to plug it. So the title of the book, I believe he said it comes out, it comes out in April. I think he said the 21st, if I'm not mistaken. Um, It's by Lee Hutch and it's called So Others May Live. Okay. So. No shit. Absolutely. If you have any remote interest in fiction, in um, historical fiction. So like a, like a a really smart person who writes writes books, listens to our podcast. Isn't that amazing? It is. Plus Sarah listens. Plus Emily who's going for medical shit listens. We have so smart people listening. (laughs) That even doesn't mean anything. I I wasn't trying to downplay the rest of you. No, I know. But. Um, that's pretty cool. I know. I I'm very impressed by our audience, frankly. Yes. I am also so fucking impressed with anyone who can write an actual book. Yeah. That For sure. is a feat. That's a task. An absolute feat. So I'm super proud of Lee. I cannot wait to read that book. That's going to be really awesome and incredibly kind of him to be willing yes, to send us that a copy. Thank you very much. I think we should also buy one. I agree. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And everyone else should too. So... Support, support our uh, our all bad things community. So okay, now I'm done with housekeeping. We're good to go on. Do we want to plug our beers? Yeah, the one last thing, because people want to know. Of course. I am drinking the Highwire, ten W forty. Imperial Stout brewed with coffee, chocolate, and vanilla. It's pretty good. I can't. It's very have it. good. No, you can't. Lactose. Mm-hmm. Brewers, please stop brewing with lactose. And you are having old school. Guinness draft stout. Um because it's it was St. Patrick's Day recently. All right. Cheers. Cheers, yes. Should we actually start a, a story? Oh, did we have a story <laughs> to tell? Okay. Um yeah, I don't mind uh, avoiding telling the story. Yeah. And the title of the episode is uh, uh, confusing is the wrong word. It's not what it seems because okay. what we are getting into is the I-35 West Mississippi River bridge collapse. Okay. So I, I, like I said, I, I knew this, this was your topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel 
The Mississippi River is obviously very long. Yes, so it, it could is. happen anywhere along yes, that. Yes, it could. But I feel like it happened in Minnesota. Am I getting that You are that correct. Wrong? Okay. Okay. But that's literally all I recall of it. And that it was somewhat recent-ish? It's very recent, yes. Okay. Okay. So, on August 1st, 2007, at 6.05 p.m. Rush hour. During rush hour in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, God. The, I- the I-35 West Mississippi River Bridge experienced a sudden collapse. Ooh. It killed 13 people and injured mm. 145. Oh, God. The bridge opened in 1967 and carried 140,000 vehicles daily, on yeah. average, which made it the state of Minnesota's just third busiest bridge. Well, I believe that because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think people understand how major the Twin Cities really are. They're, they're large cities. And plus how vast Minnesota is. Well, yes. Minnesota is a lot of waterways to cross. It is the land of 10,000 10, lakes. lakes. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of bridges in Minnesota. Yes, that's that's true. There's a yeah. lot of bridges. Yes. But do you know that, um, at least from my recollection, they don't call them the Twin Cities in Minnesota. They just call them the cities. But yeah, sure. Local and slang. also the Metrodome, which I don't think is in existence anymore. It is not used by sports teams anymore. Okay. I think it's still there. They called it the Dome. The Dome. Now they have two separate stadiums for their baseball and football okay. team. Uh, they're, I can't remember what the Viking, Vikings stadium is called, but that's, that's the one that is like a glass outer shell. That, oh. that birds keep running into. And oh, killing. yeah. Oh, remember that's I, awful. Remember yes, I showed you me. that story? <laughs> that's horrible, but yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where uh, the Vikings play. Well. Where birds commit suicide a lot of times a no, day. No, when they die accidentally. <laughs> that too. But uh, this tragedy is considered one of America's biggest infrastructure failures to date. And, and there's just going to be more. And we'll be getting into uh, why that is. So... Everybody knows how I stand on certain things in government. Politically. Yeah. We'll we'll be getting into more of that. Well, and if anyone looks on Twitter, I uh, got into it a little bit with Jonathan Van Ness. JVM. (laughs) Who, for the record, is fabulous. I adore Queer Eye and all of the Fab Five. And everything I said to him... While respectfully disagreeing on certain points. Was respectful. I was respectful, and he was respectful back. Yes. We had a very good <laughs> yeah, political, so, literally. civil discourse. Go see that interaction on our on our Twitter page. Yeah, there's nothing mean <laughs> said. No, there is not. Everybody was very civil, presenting different sides of things, and everybody sort of agreed and moved on. And I sent a hilarious comment as well, so check that out. Oh, yeah, that was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I've officially... Um, discussed things with uh jonathan van ness there you go on on twitter i also learned and that's the uh that's the happiest thing we will get into in this episode oh i also learned he's a little younger than me which makes me feel old he also has a better mustache at this point i'm just (laughs) i'm just getting used to people being younger than me and it sucks anyway um so because this place uh this place because because this accident tragedy uh took place awful thing in Minneapolis, Minnesota, figured why not give a short history of the state and the city. Minnesota. Minnesota. So Minnesota gained legal existence in 1849 as a territory and became the 32nd state in the Union on May 11th, 1958. I say the Union Wait, very not specifically. 1958, 1858. Or, sorry, 1858. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. But I say the Union very specifically. Because of the war? Just before the Civil uh-huh. War, they became part of the Union. 
Okay. Uh, that makes sense. The culture of the state is influenced by, obviously, early Native American settlers. Yes. And uh, later through European exploration. There's a... How that turned out. There's a, a lot of um, Scandinavian heritage mm-hmm. of Minnesota natives. And by natives, I don't mean... Um, the native peoples, indigenous peoples. I mean, you know, people who are early settlers sure. or what have you, or, or from early early settlers. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of settling. I, I knew a girl who's last. Oh, I I knew a Canole and a Knutson. Okay. When uh, I, I lived in Minnesota in elementary school for a bit, yeah, a lot of that's oh, where yeah. the oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah. Minnesota achieved prominence through. <laughs> Fur trading, no way. <laughs> Logging, farming, railroads, and iron mining. And Paul Bunyan. Yes. Those industries are still prevalent in the state, but this is, I found this interesting, but the economy today revolves around banking, technology, and mm. healthcare. So they pivoted. Yes, they did. But they still have like the underbelly of what brought Industry, them there. Uh, yeah. yeah the- Minneapolis is the largest city by population, which uh, the city proper is 422,331, which I think we're almost like the exact same. But the sprawl is huge. Is Yes, in it's bigger than here. Twin Cities, yeah. But our city proper population probably is... probably something around there, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. Uh-huh. Um, so that was as of 2017, which is the most recent data okay. available. And 3.6 million... In the greater area, which includes St. Paul. That's a very big metro area. Area That's bigger that's than huge. ours, yes. that's for sure. Ours is like two, if you include Like Durham, Durham and, Chapel and Chapel Hill. Hill. Yeah, Wake County is one million. Um, yeah, no, that is big. And, that's uh, very big. We lived, in, we lived in Hastings, Minnesota, slightly south of the cities. Oh, um, yeah. And part of the, part of the uh, metro area, the suburban area, definitely. So um, this makes Minneapolis the third largest economic center in the Midwest. I'm uh, gonna Chicago? guess. I'm gonna guess Chicago is number one. That's what I thought is probably number two. Maybe that's what I would. It think. depends on what they consider the Midwest. Well, but I guess I look St. at it this way. Uh, well, until recently, but uh, St. Louis three years ago, anyway, had a major league sports team in every sport. Oh. So that, and now they have one in three different yeah. of the four major sports. So that gives you an indication of how much money is in that area. Yeah, yeah. I would bet that those are so, the, yeah, those But are at the same two. time, Minnesota does have a team in any every sport, every major sport. Basketball, football, uh, baseball, yeah. hockey. So The Timberwolves, mm-hmm. the Vikings, not the North Star, the Wild. Used to be, yep. And what sport did I miss? Uh, baseball. baseball. The Twins. Yep. Yeah. And the Twins being obviously named after the Twin Cities. Of course. Um, so yes, so did Minneapolis, Puckett play for the he twins? did, yes, oh, one, that's one, how I won know them their name. two world series was oh. MVP in the 87 world series, 91 would now be a good time to tease all bad sports. Now yes. <laughs> we'll do that another we'll time. We'll do that another time. <laughs> oh, there's a little hint. Uh-huh. Um, so the origin of the city goes back to the formation of Fort Snelling, which was the first, uh, major American military base in the region. And also by its proximity to St. Anthony Falls, which provided power for sawmills and flour mills. Vermilion Falls is also in the area. Very pretty. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure this area Many is... Many falls, yeah. I'm sure Minnesota is really gorgeous, but... Oh, yes. Sadly, it's, it's also really fucking cold. Well, during the winter. Um, the city has one of the largest LGBT communities mm-hmm. and is the city where uh, Bob Dylan and Prince, obviously Prince, mm-hmm. uh, were first discovered. I didn't know Bob Dylan was discovered in Minneapolis. But I'm not sure I knew that either. So. I knew Prince was from Minnesota. Yes. That's like the big claim to yeah. fame it, he for is. Minnesota. Yeah. 
Um, the name Minneapolis comes from the Dakota Sioux word mini, M N I, which means water, and the Greek word polis, which means city. Hmm. So water means city. Water city. Or city of water, or something like that. Average temperature in the winter is, <laughs> is a balmy 23.7 <laughs> yeah. degrees it is Fahrenheit. Really cold. Had to throw that in there. I read they have a, a good, like, um, covered walkway system, though, I, for, so I'll it can actually be pretty. Um, I'll bet they do. Pretty pedestrian-friendly around. It's also pretty windy there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, Emily, if you don't move here, you at least have to go to some place better like Minnesota. Just, just go somewhere <laughs> else. Yes. Based on the weather no. you've been experiencing. <laughs> you don't have to come here, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and an average temperature of 68.8 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer. But can I tell you, there are days... That oh, are sure. fucking sweltering, yeah. and the bugs are bad. Oh yeah, or at least they were. Like I said, like I like I grew up on five years ago, basically the same latitude. Yeah, yeah no, I experienced the same shit. Latitude, not mm-hmm. longitude. True. Not not in in accordance with the prime meridian, which That's we true. learned yes. of recently. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. So Sarah Q. So <laughs> the Mississippi River Bridge. Okay. Obviously goes over the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. which runs through the Twin Cities. It does, and it runs all the way down to which we learned in last week's yeah. episode. It runs all the way down through Louisiana. Yep, to the Gulf of Mexico. So this is a huge economic. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, just waterway. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very important. One of the waterway. biggest in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the I thirty five West Mississippi River Bridge, which is officially known as Bridge ninety three forty. I'm not sure. I didn't a bother very to look. Didn't number. bother to look up how they came up with those designations. But I'm guessing they just number them. Something like that. S- yeah. Have some sort of number. It's like a stamp. Scheme. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is an eight lane continuous truss br- truss bridge. So I'm imagining four lanes either way. So which it is, is pretty significant. A truss a continuous truss. Truss bridge. Sorry. <laughs> is your, uh, are you getting tired here? No, it's just, oh, that's, okay. that's. Continuous uh, truss bridge. Thank you. It's yep. hard to say together. Gotcha. Uh, Especially with an eight percenter there. Yes. That is a bridge that extends without hinges or joints across three or more supports. So think of the bridge we see in Greenville. It's the same thing, but that's oh. on, it's on one support. The, the one in Greenville? Yes. Oh, okay. This goes, goes across three without okay. being hinged. Okay. Um, so do you, this, a, you don't have a picture, do you? I don't. Okay. Um, not while you're driving, but look at your phones. <laughs> um, so it connects the neighborhoods of downtown East and Marcy Homes, and serves as an artery for the University of Minnesota mm, mm-hmm. and and the downtown entertainment district. The mighty Golden Gophers, am I correct? That is right. Uh, without the mighty, just the Golden Gophers. Well, they're all mighty. <laughs> <laughs> every every sports team should be introduced by being the mighty whatever. The mighty Blue Devils. Yeah, that kind of works. Yeah, works. The mighty tar, mighty Tar Heels. Yeah. The mighty Wolfpack. Yeah, it works. Yeah, you're right. I like it. The mighty Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is 1,900 feet, oh, or 581.3 meters long, 113.3 feet, or 35.1 meters wide, and 64 feet, or. Nineteen point five meters high. Okay. It was designed it's like by six stories high. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, 
Uh, it was designed by a civil engineering firm, Sverdrup in Parcel. <laughs> Is it really S V E R D R O P? Yes, I trust me. I looked Sverdrup. at that word. No, no, no. So many times. That's the most Minnesota believable name ever. Well, like Sven it, to, and to me, I'm like Sverdrup should be an NHL player. Like he's that's definitely a Swedish. Uh, well, yes, it's Scandinavian yeah, oh origin. Yeah, that oh that yeah. makes very that's very Minnesotan. Um, so the engineering film firm built this bridge to 1961 state highway specifications. In what year did we cover that already? When it was designed? The interstate? Yeah. Uh, the bridge. Sorry, the bridge. Well, I'm covering that right now. Okay. I I didn't know. 1961. Okay. Is when they, 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 construction began in. Yeah. Well, 1961 is the firm. They hire the firm. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't, you, quest, don't no, question me when I'm tired. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Maybe I was so obsessed with obsessed with Sverndrop that I, I missed think, the part where he said 1961. I'm sorry. I think you were. Okay. Or it might have been the meters. Maybe I was just so obsessed with the meters. That's we, true. Because we know how good you are with meters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1961, they hired the firm. Mm-hmm. So that's what is that is what's happened. Gotcha. The construction began in 1964 at the cost of $5.4 million, which is $40.68 million in today's money. Okay. Um, well, that, that doesn't seem exorbitant, no, per se. Uh, considering the amount of people that are in, in that area. Yeah, and 140,000 people over it a day, eventually. Uh, it was completed and opened to traffic in 1967 during an era of large-scale infrastructure programs, um, not just in the United States, but in, also in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. That's that's kind of just post the Eisenhower era, right? Wasn't Eisenhower pretty This is part of it. Pivotal? Eisenhower uh, in pitches, the pitches the interstate. Yeah. This is part of the interstate. Okay, and the buildup of that yes. throughout the ensuing yeah, the, decades. The infrastructure that we have, like... Um, the majority of it, uh, interstates, roads, parks, hospitals, schools, mm-hmm. are all built within like a 20-year period from like the late 50s to the late mm. 70s. And it was supposed to have been replaced by now. But yeah, I gotcha. And Which we're getting to later, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Look that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just keep listening. Yes. If that, you can stand it. Too. We're that trying too. to stay on topic. Sometimes. Um, so yeah, in 1967... So it opened. Yeah, it's uh, open and good to go. Um, since 1993, the bridge has been inspected annually by the Minnesota Department of Tram- Transportation. Okay. Although no inspection report was completed in 2007 due to construction work, the years prior in the years prior to the collapse, several reports cited problems with the bridge's structure. Okay, so there were some signs. Oh yeah, and that's what we're about oh, to get boy. into. So. In 1990, the federal government gave the I-35 West Bridge a rating of structurally deficient. That's not good. Citing significant corrosion in its bearings. Okay. Approximately, like... So this is 1990. The amount of infrastructure failures I'm Mm going to get into is astounding. I would just like to point something out. I lived in Hastings, Minnesota from 1989 to 19... The end of 1992... In other words, when it got that structurally deficient rating, I you probably were, drove over, over that yeah. bridge multiple times yeah. as a child. I mean, I wasn't driving, but you know what I mean. 140,000 people a day were. Well, in 2007, may not, maybe not in But still, think of all the people who have been over Thousands, obviously. Yeah, Millions yeah. by the time this, this tragedy happens. Yeah. 
So <laughs> structurally deficient. Yeah, that's not good. Which uh, which cited significant corrosion in its bearings mm-hmm. and approximately seventy five thousand other. What? Seventy five thousand. They enumerated seventy five thousand other violations. Seventy five. No, no, no. Seventy five thousand other U.S. bridges. Oh. Also had this oh. classification in two thousand seven. What? Yes. Wait, I thought you said it was nineteen ninety that they. That's, oh, okay. that's when they gave this bridge but as a grade of, of structurally deficient. I got gotcha. you. Out of, by 2007, 75,000 bridges. How many bridges are there total, I wonder? I honestly, I meant to, I don't Look know. Look that, but yeah. But that's, it's a, it's a horrifying number regardless. We only have 50 states. It's a fucking shame. Like, it really is. It's kind of a shock this doesn't happen Think about, often. there are, and th- that's of 2007. It's, yeah. It's, it's 12, 12 years, years later. later. But as of 2007, think about that. America, yeah, yeah, this America, has 75,000 bridges. That's so awful. With a grade of structurally deficient. If you're structurally deficient at anything, that's not good. <laughs> no, it really no. isn't. Like at t- no. even at typing, or at looking, or <laughs> deficient at lo- is not a good thing. That's yeah. not something you want to have 75,000 examples of. Yeah, flip the page. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Don't flip it. Yeah, because That was the okay. bad printing yes. on the other side. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, it's one-sided. So, according to a 2001 study by the Civil Engineering Department of the University of Minnesota... Okay. Cracking had been previously discovered in the cross girders at the end of the approach spans. So, it wasn't just structurally deficient. This thing was crumbling. The main trusses connected to those cross girders and resistance uh, to motion at the connection point bearings was leading to unanticipated out-of-plane distortion of the cross-girders and subsequent stress cracking. I don't know what any of that means. I was going to say, can you explain any of I'm that? I'm not going to. <laughs> okay, it you're hurts, just It hurts it my there. brain just saying it, but it sounds bad. I think we can agree on that. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. It sounds tragic. The situation was addressed prior to the study by drilling the cracks to prevent further propagation and I'm, and adding support struts to the cross girder to prevent further distortion. So I understand okay. that they added. So they're, yeah, they're trying to fortify. They added it, more so support gonna, beams. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. how they fixed the problem. Well, <laughs> that's how they put a bandaid on the problem. That's how they addressed the problem. The report also noted a concern about lack of redundancy in the main truss system. Okay. Which meant the bridge had a greater risk of collapse in the event of any single structural right. failure, which comes into play. Because redundancy would mean a failsafe. Like, there's a backup system. And there isn't and there's one. there's just not. So one small thing could actually end up being a big thing because there was nothing to stop it. One small thing... Mm-hmm. Could take down the whole thing. Think about it, ripple effect. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's over. Yeah. This is not boating well. No. <laughs> This is like biggest understatement. This of the is year. like us leading up to uh, a fire is going to happen, and there's cloth hanging from the ceiling. Right? Jeez, and I like, wonder. Um, and no sprinklers. Right. <laughs> and uh, chemicals on the acoustic tiles or whatever. But except, um, instead of this being a nightclub, yeah, it's in the wide this open. Is a major fucking bridge yeah. in a major city yeah. that 140,000 people a, a day, day rely on. I'm. I am now to the point where I'm shocked how few people were killed and injured. Yeah. 
compared I mean, really, to what it could have been really? in rush hour. Yeah. I mean, um, assuming it was a, a weekday that it happened. It was. Okay. Yes, it was. Okay. But it was a little late it in the day. Too. It was It was 6.05, so it wasn't, yeah, you know. not 5 o'clock. No, or 4.30. Like, in cities, rush hour tends to start at, like, 3.30, 4 eh, o'clock. It tends to last a while, too, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Listen to us, big city people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they're... Again, all the ingredients are here. Yeah. And like, we're just... We, it's we're, pretty... We're circling the drain we at this are. point. Exactly. <laughs> so we know where we're going. Um, although the report concluded that the bridge should not have any problems with fatigue cracking in the foreseeable future... <laughs> no! What? Regular inspection, structural health monitoring, and use of strain gauges had been suggested. Suggested, but not implemented clearly. They were, actually. Oh, really? They were. Oh, okay. But... Just, it didn't help... <laughs> Clearly. There is so much. Think about the amount of stress that is on a bridge. Yes. Um, and yes. think about that bridge being open to the public in 1967. This is literally 50 years later. How bridges are, like, I'm no engineer, and that is made clear by the fact that I don't understand how bridges are possible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I'm glad I, there are I've people watched, who know better than I've I I've watched enough History Channel to at least get the gist of it. Okay. But it, if you're going to ask me to physics, design one, it's right? It's all about... Very much. Um, center of gravity and fulcrum and... All kinds of shit. <laughs> structural and, support. And how weather is going to play a factor. Yes. I mean, all... Stress. Kinds of shit. But obviously yeah. nothing is built that is meant to last forever. Forever, no. Yeah. All of this, in, again, all of this infrastructure that we made in right. the 50s, 60s, and 70s was supposed to last 40 years, well, and that was it. in 1990, they were starting to find, they were calling it structurally deficient. That was 25 years after it was built, mm-hmm. basically. So 23 it, years. It stands, or, or right, you after know, it was built, yeah, But, you know, it stands yeah. to reason that, yeah, it's going to have problems after 25 years. Something that is used to such an extent mm-hmm. as a, ma- a bridge in a major highway in a major city. I mean, city. you have to think, it's connecting. Uh, like sounds like a prominent neighborhood in downtown plus it's <laughs> connecting the uni- the big university of minnesota mm-hmm. it's a fucking huge school yeah and it's also connecting their entertainment district yeah. so yeah yeah i mean they're yeah the fucking a are we gonna be really scared to go over bridges moving forward i have now? well that's part of the reason i'm doing this episode i've always had that fear really but it's it's something Sarah I've, just, does, my I've come to um just come to deal with it's not that big of a deal i don't yeah. think about it but it's it is this is to me this is scarier than a plane crash to me it really is the odds are actually much less the, that you'll die true. on a bridge than in a plane crash true. even though it's well actually both I are guess, pretty slim yes both are very very slim i guess that's the and we could all have a brain aneurysm and drop dead right now I'll take that over a bridge collapse. <laughs> I, I will. I was just, sorry. I was just being a little drop of cheer in our days there. All right. Happy Monday. Continue. So in 2005, the bridge was again rated as structurally deficient. How could this keep going? Where it's just like, oh, well, oh it's deficient. Oh, it's deficient. Oh, it's deficient. We'll, okay. we'll get into that. Okay. And impossible. Ne- oh, okay. And this is the, this is the good thing that comes out of this. Okay. And impossible need of replacement. I would say... If it's structurally deficient. Yeah, still, 15 years later, after it was first given that grade... It's a definite need of replacement. You have no choice but no, to replace yeah. it. yeah. Think of the amount of people that depend on it. Now, is it going to be a pain in the ass when yes. you're replacing it? Yes. But is it the fucking thing going to collapse? No. Right. So... 
According to the U.S. Department of Transportation's National Bridge Inventory data- <clears throat> Database, wow, they didn't know that was problems were noted in two subsequent inspection reports. So after 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay. The inspection carried out June 15, 2006, found problems of cracking and fatigue again. So, so they ha- there's such warning of this, apparently. The I-35 West Bridge ranked near the bottom of federal inspection ratings nationwide. That's not good. Bridge inspectors use a sufficiency rating that ranges from the highest score, which is 100, to the lowest score, which is 0. In 2005, again, just right before, they rated the bridge at 50, indicating that replacement may have been in order. (laughs) Out of over 100,000 heavily used bridges, only about 4% score below 50. So there you go. You you just said over 100,000 bridges. Mm-hmm. So 75,000 are structurally deficient. So it could be as many as 75%, although you said over 100,000, so that's a little vague. But potentially up to 75% of our bridges are structurally deficient. That's yeah, horrifying. That's, it is. But anyway. Um, so again, as I mentioned earlier, the, the bridge was rated structurally deficient once again. And it was this time in this report, also deemed to have met minimum tolerable limits to be left in place as it is. It, that's, the, so uh, it's the concept, scored a 50. Huh. So it's literally, they're literally being 50-50. They're like, it may be replaced. It may be okay. The idea of minimum tolerable risk and stuff is really I a don't want some random one. fucking person coming no, up with that. Deciding that, that you yeah. know. Because no. what is that to that person? Seriously. I mean, I know that is it's... It 200 people? I know that it. Well, yeah, is it I guess... zero yeah. people? Yeah, I know. I'm with you. You would hope it's zero people, but... Yeah, I hear you. But that's, in this, in this that's instance, rough. the minimum tolerable risk wound up being uh, 13 people. Yeah. And more injured. Many more injured. Oh, yeah. A ton of people. Way more people injured than killed. Yes, which is good. Thankfully. As far as, like, better to be injured How than everyone killed, wasn't uh, killed. Because you can see this on YouTube. Really? Oh, the, yeah. the collapse? Oh, yeah. <gasps> I um, watch that. Because I'm, I'm weird about liking the... Yeah, the, liking, the uh, Retro Report them. did a very good one yeah? on this. So, yeah? I Plug for it. Retro Report. Yes. They actually really like awesome. all of our tweets for some reason. They're so <laughs> nice. It must be somebody that listens to us that... that I don't know that, that they listen their, to us. Oh, I just think true. they're more um, engaged and active. I'm like, oh, somebody mentioned us. Like... Well, yeah, that's a good that's a good social media strategy. Frankly, you endear yourself to a lot of people. That's a good idea. Um, so, in December two thousand six, a steel reinforcement project was planned for the bridge. However, the project was canceled in January two thousand seven in favor of periodic safety inspections. What? I thought you were going to say like it was bad weather or something. Yeah, no, they just, just were let's, like, let's yeah. go back to let's save some money. We don't want to spend money on. Something that 140,000 people a day depend on. That's horrible. Why would we want to spend money on something like that? That's horrible. We need more troops in Afghanistan. Oh, God. Hedge fund billionaires need a trillion dollars. Well, that, that bridge, was it federal that funds bridge, or was it state this, funds? This winds up being state, but still the principle is the same. That state bridge that... Or that city bridge, that 140, like, whatever, who cares? Like, we can just, like, it doesn't matter. Not like it's going to collapse. So, <laughs> end of that rant. <laughs> <laughs> end rant. <laughs> so, 
After engineers realized that drilling for the retrofitting would, in fact, weaken the bridge... Oh. In internal Minnesota Department of Transportation documents, bridge officials talked about the possibility of the bridge collapsing and worried that they might have to condemn it. Oh, wow. So this is getting escalated. So part of the safety inspections that Uh they're trying to go back to is like, Uh we're not going to replace it or condemn it. We're just going to keep putting putting patches. Patches on everything we can. But then they were afraid that that was actually going to weaken it. Because they would need to drill, and that makes sense, that that would potentially weaken it. Plus the weight of the equipment that they're going to need Mm -hmm. on the bridge to Mm -hmm. make this possible. Jeez, I wonder if that comes into play. So the construction taking place in the weeks prior to the collapse, and again, this oh, was so just was to do well. Yes, oh, and this for the reinforcement. I got you. Yes, because that's what we're going back to. Okay, we're not going to condemn it or no. replace it. We're just going to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it included joint work in replacing lighting, concrete, and guardrails. Okay. At the time of the collapse, four of the eight lanes were closed for resurfacing, and there were five hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. Or 261 tons of construction supplies and equipment on the bridge. It's a lot of additional stress and emotional stress because when a uh, when a major roadway is down to half the normal lanes, I can't imagine. That's probably why fewer people were killed because they they had a bunch of lanes closed and lanes closed, so the capacity was less and fewer people taking it. Yeah. Anyway. And that, that is part of the reason. Okay. Um, okay. So. Are we there? We're at the collapse no. now. <laughs> Jeez, what, after everything I've told you, the last thing you I know, think it would is just, that, it, that it would collapse. No chance. Ugh. At 6.05 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday, August 1st, 2007... Mm-hmm. With rush hour bridge traffic moving slowly through the limited number of lanes right. because there just wasn't mm-hmm. and there just wasn't a lot of traffic, so that's why I was just kind of you know the central span of the bridge suddenly gave way. The central span, meaning the middle, mm-hmm. so just the middle of the bridge collapsed. But remember, there is no fail safe on this bridge. That's right. Oh, so it just if one thing goes, it all goes. Everything goes. Oh man. So, that gave way, the center span. Okay. Which was followed by the adjoining spans. Oh, my so God. The whole, and on the video. Really? Just like that. And the, fu- the whole thing is gone. It is shocking that no more people were killed or injured. The structure and deck, and deck collapsed into the river and onto the riverbanks below with the south section of the bridge toppling 81 feet. Yikes. Or oh. 25 meters. <laughs> Eastward in the process. Oh, man. A total of 111 vehicles were involved. Wow. Sending their occupants as <clears throat> and 18 construction workers yeah. as far as 115 feet. Oh, my God. Or 35 oh, okay. meters. Mm-hmm. Down to the river or onto its banks. And when you fall into water from a certain distance. Oh, it's just like, like hitting land. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Northern sections fell into a rail yard, landing on three unoccupied, thankfully. Oh, thank God. And stationary freight cars. Sequential images of the collapse on three unoccupied, or I'm sorry, uh, sequential images of the collapse were taken by an outdoor security camera. Okay. That's what you can see. Okay. uh, Which was located at the parking lot entrance of the control facility for the lower St. Anthony's Falls uh, lock and dam. Did you copy and paste this? 
Yeah, a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> Why do you... Do you think I... Do you honestly think I don't read it first? No, I do think you read it. It's just that I at least try to, like, put it in my own words. I do that in a lot of... Where you don't see the blue, that's my own words. <laughs> that's all blue! <laughs> no, it's not. Just in certain areas. Thank you, Wikipedia, and <laughs> yes. all the many editors of it. Thank you very much. Uh, this was also HistoryChannel.com. So. Oh, thank you, HistoryChannel.com. Um... The immediate aftermath of the collapse was also captured by a Minnesota Department of Trans- Transportation traffic camera that was facing away from the bridge during the collapse itself. Okay. Help came immediately from Good. mutual aid in the seven-county Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area. Emergency response personnel, charities, and volunteers were also involved. Mm-hmm. Um, civilians immediately took part in the rescue efforts as well. Which Yeah, getting, that's nice. Getting back to, because we've had, we brought this up here or there on an episode mm-hmm. and you're like, well, if something you're like, how are you going to react? Well, kind of your take is like, Oh, people wouldn't, you know, I, I think I you didn't have a, say that. No, 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 no. I think you have a feeling about like, like people in the generation coming up or something like that. No, we were talking about I never one said episode. anything like that. I thought we did. No. Anyway. Um, but we've brought this up in episodes before too. Like when things happen, like in, especially in an area like this where there's mm-hmm. so many people, like people, like snap to it and start some, helping. At out. least some people, yeah. I think most people. Well, I, I say some people because some people really do freeze up in those sure. those situations. Yeah. It's not that they're trying to be no, unhelpful. It's just, it's just so shocking that they're not sure what to do. Because in an emergent situation, you know, it's a fight or flight or freeze sort of thing. Yeah, that's so true. some people run away, some people you know, run towards it to try to help. And, and some people do freeze and it's not, it's not a judgment on anybody. Like you, you it's such a animal brain thing. There's only so it much is. you can do about yeah. it, you know? So yeah, it's going back to our, uh, like our most primal yes. instincts. Yes, absolutely. Um, Minneapolis and Hennepin County, which is obviously where the two cities are located, St. Paul and Minneapolis, they received mutual aid from neighboring cities and counties throughout the metropolitan area mm-hmm. as well. The Minneapolis Fire Department arrived in six minutes and responded quickly, helping people who were trapped in their vehicles. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of that. And there were fires, too, because of just yeah, cars mm-hmm. falling, and so they were doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's just this was a, this was a fucking all-hands-on-deck yeah, situation. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, no time fucking around. Like, we got to get done. Um, it took 81 minutes to triage and transport 145 patients, uh, with the help of the Hennepin County Medical Center. That feels pretty efficient. Quick, very quick. Yeah. People fell from freaking six yeah. stories. Cars are on fire. People are trapped. And, and they got them got, all out within an hour. Within 81 minutes. Yeah. Um, also North Memorial and Alina, uh, paramedics helped out as well. Mm. By the next morning, they had shifted their focus to the recovery of bodies. Yeah. Which took a total of three weeks to recover all of it. Yeah, because of people drowned and, yeah. You had cars piled on top yeah. of cars in, yes, in, yeah. yes. Um, with several vehicles known to be trapped under the debris and several people still unaccounted for. So yeah. they kind of knew after Who was the, gone, yeah. 20 divers organized by the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office used side-scan sonar to locate vehicles submerged mm. in the murky water. And that's the other thing, too. It's not like this is like a, you know, a nice, like, crystal lake. This that is the Mississippi River. Over. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. At the very least, at least it was in the fucking dead center of summer. If this yeah. was in the winter, oh, 
The Mississippi River does not freeze. No. But, no, it's constant, yeah. but it would be so cold it would kill anybody like so quickly from hypothermia. If you were in the water, even slightly injured and just stuck in the water, yeah. You'd, you'd just die from probably. freezing probably. Yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, they're doing all this, and you have to remember, too, um, their efforts were hampered by debris and the challenging currents. Yeah. So you still have shit falling from the yeah. bridge. You still have like rushing are, water and, and people know. are still not sure. Like, are, is this car going to tip over? Or, yeah. So recovery uh, efforts are pretty can fucking be really, dangerous. Yeah. Very, Very dangerous. Because you don't know. There's no way to predict what's going to happen. Right. You just kind of have to be ready for right. anything. Um, the United States Army Corps of Engineers mm-hmm. lowered the river level by two feet Wow! to assist in the recovery effort and okay. to allow easier uh, access to vehicles yeah. in the water as well. Yeah. Wow. So as I mentioned in the opening, 13 people were killed. Yeah. Triage centers at the ends of the bridge routed uh, 50 victim- victims to area hospitals, summoned trucks as ambulances were in short supply. Yeah. So it was just, again... All hands on deck. I got a... I've got a truck. Like, we can... Yeah. Yeah. Many of the injured, of course, had blunt trauma. Yeah, from from falling. falling. Yeah. Those near the south end were taken to Henneman County Medical Center. Those near the north end to the Fairview University Medical Center. Yeah, because they're basically on opposite sides. Like, either you got to be on one side or the other of the river. Exactly. The bridge just fucking collapsed. And they're they're not going to... Yeah. And you don't think... uh, I don't even... I know. Um... At least 22 children were injured. 13 oh. children were treated at children's hospitals and clinics of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, again, at the Hennepin County Medical Center and four at North Memorial Medical Center in Robbinsdale. During the first 40 hours, 11 area hospitals treated 98 victims. Only a few of the vehicles were submerged, but many people were stranded on the collapsed sections of the bridge. Oh, yeah. Several vehicles, as I mentioned before, also caught fire including a semi-trailer truck oh, no. from which the driver's body was later recovered. Aww. When fire crews arrived, they had to route hoses from several blocks away. Yeah. A school yeah, bus... Because it's in the middle of a bridge. There are no fire uh, hydrants in the middle of bridges. Yeah. Or really even on the ends, if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interstate. A school bus carrying 63 children. I remember seeing this when it oh, happened, no. and you'll see it in the... Certainly in the Retro Report documentary. uh, Was carrying 63 children, ended up resting precariously against the guardrail of the collapsed structure. It's kind of... Teetering? Not a whole lot, but the front end is vulnerable. Like if the bridge gives any more, it's gone. It's gone. Oh my God. For damn sure. Um, The children were returning from a field trip to a water park as part of the uh, Waite House Neighborhood Center Day Camp based out of the Phillips community. Oh, yeah, because it's it's summer, so yeah, that makes sense. Jeremy Hernandez, Hmm. a 20-year-old staff member on the bus. Wait for it. Yes. (laughs) Assisted many of the children by kicking out the rear emergency exit and escorting or carrying them to safety. One youth worker was severely injured but survived. That... That 20-year-old, damn, if he shouldn't have had, like, he was on the his best game. career moving forward. He was fucking because, on his game that day. Yeah, because I hope that his bosses wrote him, like, a glowing letter of recommendation for the rest of his life. I'm sure That's he's... amazing. I'm sure he's doing something worthy of doing. Yeah. At this point. Wow, yeah. I'm sure he's not playing... Uh, well, he's now... Uh, I'm sure he's not playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on he's his He's now 32. Off. Oh, yep. aw. <laughs> 
good job, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so all that chaos, all that, I mean, like, and the reason that this is kind of like a, it's like one of those rush feelings for me, you know, I get those. Yeah. Like like, when you're up high, mm -hmm. you feel like jumping sort of thing. The, uh, um, you used to jump off bridges. Not this high, but yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I have jumped off a bridge or two. Um, but, uh, the bridge to uh, Canada that we took from Messina, mm-hmm. uh, because it was going over an Island okay, was, I mean, a couple hundred feet in the air. Yeah, Like you were fucking, up. you're up there. So the national transportation safety board immediately began a comprehensive investigation that was expected to take up to 18 months. Yeah. Those take a while. I mean, but I mean, they had all this information on the bridge beforehand, yeah, it's so, not going to be a giant. So mystery, the investigation but. actually doesn't take a while and has somewhat of a good ending. Okay. Actually, not somewhat. It does have a good ending. Okay. Thankfully, like it's one local government that kind of realized it fucked up really bad. Okay. And had to do whatever. So what happened? to make it right? I'm getting into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so immediately following the collapse, Governor Tim Pawlenty. And Minnesota uh, Department of Transportation announced that the Illinois-based engineering firm of Wisjani Elsner Associates had also been selected to provide essential analysts that would parallel the investigation being conducted by the NTSB. So one week after the collapse, workers were just beginning to move debris and vehicles to further the process of recovering victims. Hennepin County Sheriff Richard Stanek stated, we are treating this as a crime scene at this point. Wow, so yeah. because of the information they already have, because this is a week later, this guy's making the statement. And he's like, you guys had this report, this yeah. report, this, like there's, this, a, there's negligence involved. Clearly, this was not so. safe. Yeah. Like something should have been done yeah. about this. So that's how he's treating this. Well, good. He's taking it very seriously. An employee of the NTSB had written his doctoral thesis on possible failure scenarios of this specific oh, bridge. Oh my God. While he was a student at the nearby University of Minnesota, probably because he took that bridge every That's fucking insane. day, the, and he was probably so he thinking, "Like, oh my god, this am is dangerous. I, am I going to die? <laughs> yeah, going to school today." Wow. <laughs> and apparently, he wrote a thesis that was titled exactly wow. that. Wow. I'm, I'm kidding about the exact title. Right, I know. <laughs> it should have been, "Am I going to die on this bridge today?" So that thesis, including his computer model of the bridge, so he had this whole right. Well, obviously, way before a thesis is a is not just a report; it's a gigantic document with full research. As a student before he even works for the NTSB, so he's got this whole thing, um, and the model that he created was for failure mode uh, analysis. So he's like, "Wait, guys! I literally wrote the thesis on my thesis on this. This is." No, this is my area of expertise. Not surprisingly, his failure mode analysis was used by the NTSB to wow. aid in the investigation. So wow. he essentially predicted what was going to happen. Obviously, you couldn't know when or where. Or, right. Well, where, well, obviously. When, yes. You couldn't know when, how it's going to happen. Because, again, if anything goes wrong. Right. Uh-huh. A bolt could, whatever. Right. yes. Fall uh-huh. out of a certain section. Of the. I mean, so... On January 15th, 2008, the NTSB announced that it determined, excuse me, uh, that the bridge's design specified steel gusset plates were undersized and inadequate to support the intended load of the bridge, which was a load that had increased over time. Yeah. 
This assertion was based on an interim report that calculated the demand-to-capacity ratio for the gusset plates. Essentially, a gusset plate, it's you'll see them on the inner workings. It's those rectangular-shaped um, plates that, with the rivets all around them. Okay. So these were supposed to be an inch thick. Okay. They're only a half an inch thick. Oh, wow. Thick. So they weren't and even... And taking on a load that, that was gets greater even, over yep. time. Mm-hmm. So it was undersized and overstressed. Yes. So, the NTSB revealed this on November 13th, 2008. So they have... So it's just a few months. They have the cause of the problem on January 15th, 2008. By almost the end of the year in November, they're like, they can specify, okay, this is exactly where it happened and how it happened. The gusset plates were half an inch. They were supposed to be one inch. And it happened right here. Okay. So... Um, another factor was the extraordinary weight of the construction equipment and material resting on the bridge just above its weakest point. Oh wow! At the time of the cro- at the time of the collapse, so wow, the gusset plates mm-hmm. not being the size that they needed to be, plus all the They're heavy shit equipment, literally sitting right on top of them of the weakest part of the bridge. And obviously, just by chance, it's yes. not like they, nobody they did that intentionally. Were trying to no. do it, but yeah. The load was estimated at 578,000 pounds or 262 tons, consisting of sand, water, and vehicles, of course, like construction equipment. uh Oh, my God. So that's what caused... Wow, the collapse. ...was the... uh, First of all, it was was a deteriorating... It was a structurally deficient bridge up to this point for 17 years. <coughs> it had right. first been mm-hmm. given that designation in 1990. Right. It and cl- it never it collapses changed, yeah. in 2007. Yeah. And they know that it's because of the construction equipment weight and yeah. because of just traffic. Traffic and this very specific gusset plate. Right. So, onto the lawsuits. <laughs> of course. Because, and yeah. this actually has a surprisingly good ending as well. Right, so, let's, let's get it. into that. On May 2nd, 2008, the state of Minnesota reached a $38 million agreement to compensate victims of the bridge collapse, and a $52.4 million settlement was reached with URS Corporation, which was the government contractor that built the bridge. Okay. So um, there are still some like pending like small... Yeah. Litigation can take forever. As far as like the major lawsuits and the, who they blamed, settled. who yeah. got blamed, uh-huh. they're settled. Okay. Um, which you don't hear that very often. Yeah. Um, so the aftermath was that the collapse of the bridge affected, of course, all mm-hmm. river, rail, road, yeah. bicycle, everything. It, it just it, completely cut off an entire artery. Not of just that. of the city, like uh-huh. really kind of, of the whole state. It had, it had a, it had a <laughs> ripple effect. Yeah. Um, also air transit as well. Less people were flying into yeah. Minneapolis yeah. because, yeah. uh, they lost a bridge mm-hmm. and we got to get somewhere else. of the traffic served by the bridge was downtown bound. Again, where the entertainment area, the stadiums Mm -hmm. are. Um, Pressure was exerted on the state legislature to increase (coughs) the state fuel tax to provide an adequate maintenance Uh, funding for the Minnesota Department of Transportation. mm -hmm. Ultimately, the tax was increased by 55 cents per gallon. Wow, that's a pretty significant increase. Um, 55 cents per gallon. So I'm not against... I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> 55 of a percent of a gallon. No, no. Or however that, that's measured. That's 5.5 cents per gallon. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I can read, I can 0. read money. 0.055. 
Yes, okay. but in dollars, not percentages. So it's five five 5.5 cents, cents per, per gallon. gallon. Okay. Yes. So not that's, 55. Yeah, no, that's perfectly reasonable. And that's one thing that I'm, and maybe you'll get into this, but I'm, I'm not not in favor of is if we can genuinely improve our infrastructure through raising taxes on gas, I'm all for it. I'm, I mean, I don't mean like, oh, it's now going to cost you $10 a gallon, but like yeah, five and a half cents, cents that's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay 50 cents a, pull, a fill up to make sure that 13 people don't die <laughs> make again. Sure, make sure that I can go over a bridge yeah. that's not structurally deficient. Deficient, right? Jesus Christ. Um, so there is a new bridge. Okay, so they did Of course, because it, yeah. you can't not have a bridge right. in this part of the city. Right. So the I-35 West St. Anthony Falls Bridge was opened to the public on September 18th, 2008. So, wow, they built it fast. Yes. Um, which turned out so far not to be a bad thing. Okay. Um, using an innovative project delivery method... The replacement bridge opened over three months ahead of schedule and was wow. awarded the Best Overall Design Build Project Award for 2009 from the Design Build Institute of America. Well, la di da So essentially the method that they used is they kind of uh, brought all the materials to a specific place and had a 24-7 schedule of... Ha- okay. So they kind of... They almost put it together like, like you would... <coughs> um, like Legos. Like okay. that's how they had it set up in their mind. So it was a very smooth. Okay. So it was well planned. Like yes. you said, innovative planning design. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so, cause they imagine that it was well planned. <laughs> cause I, I watched a documentary on building that. Okay. Um, and it really does. It looks like a futuristic bridge. Wow. Like it looks like, it looks like what it should have been replaced with yeah. before this fucking yeah. thing ever collapsed. Yeah. It's too bad it took that, but that's good that they were able to. I mean, really, this is one of the the only times I've ever read something about a tragedy like this happening in the city and the state. Responded well. Actually responding the way you should. It it was too little. Well, it was too late. It was for 13 people. mm -hmm. But thankfully, they're not putting at risk other people by not doing anything about it and trying to pass the buck. Right. That's true. Which is the usual Minnesota people are nice people. They're good people. People from the north are very nice. We're we're very hardened. And we don't scare easy. (laughs) Just when I'm going over a 200 foot bridge. (laughs) So there is a memorial. Mm. As there should be. Mm The the I-35 West Bridge Remembrance Garden is a memorial Mm -hmm. commemorating the victims and survivors of the bridge collapse. The memorial is located off West River Parkway in Minneapolis. The memorial was was revealed to the public on August 1st, 2011, uh, which was the four-year anniversary of the collapse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota Governor Mark Dayton and Minneapolis Mayor R.T. Ryback were present and both spoke at the reveal. Mm -hmm. The ceremony included reading the names of the 13 victims, followed by a moment of silence held at exactly 6.05 p.m., Mm. the time of the collapse four years prior. Afterwards, there was the release of 13 doves in memory of the people who died. That was moderately unnecessary as a vegan, but it was a very nice gesture. Also, Prince is from Minnesota, so doves clearly had to be involved. When doves cry. It sounds like this. (laughs) I thought that sounded like Demetrius, but whatever. (laughs) And that was the 
I-35 West Mississippi River Bridge Collapse. Just That's really sad. I watched another... I can't remember the guy's name. He is actually the... Um, there is like an Asian version of... Um, um, not Google. <laughs> A- Amazon. Okay. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the CEO of that company mm-hmm. was on a documentary saying, like, when I first heard of the collapse, he's like, I couldn't believe that there was a bridge collapse in America. Oh, God, yeah. And he's like, because he had he went to school, like, like at Stanford or something oh, like okay. that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, my idea of America was, like, right. you know, if this big shining right. hill mm-hmm. on the, you know... And he's like, I couldn't believe it. And it's. <sighs> Our infrastructure is so highly underfunded because we do really stupid shit with our money. Yeah. Our, our... And that's the only reason. <clears throat> yes. Um, not the least of which is spend massive amounts of money sticking our fucking noses where it doesn't belong. If, if the reason that our infrastructure was failing was like a riddle. It'd be like, yeah, like okay, be like, be something. like, okay, that's understandable. But we know what because the reason we're not is. Fucking fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's the frustrating thing. It's like it, it's not like the answer isn't obvious. Right. Like it's right in front of you. And apparently, our government's willing to risk human lives. And those thirteen people were thirteen people who are casualties of being abandoned by their government because yeah. they were too busy, like. Fighting the war on terror to fucking or not take even that or just shit. being like, well, you know, I, <coughs> you know, we had to cut taxes last year, so we got to take that out of something. You know, might as well be out of the Department of Transportation because nobody likes them anyway because they're this big bureaucracy. Which to it, I mean, yeah. they are, yeah. but at the same time, that some bureaucracies like the Department of Transportation, you know, like the thing that we all rely on every day, yeah. you might want to fund them. And this is something for any, uh, for all of our American listeners. We have a lot of elections coming up yes, next we year. Do. Something to consider, regardless of your political affiliation, is who is at least addressing, if not prioritizing, our infrastructure. Absolutely. Because this is an actual, <laughs> completely me, to nonpartisan me to me it's safety like the issue. Second thing. It's it's awfully high up there. Yeah. Yes. It's incredible. Like our actual safety is at risk. Yes. Yeah. It's incredibly important. More so than somebody fucking crossing a border. Yeah. yeah. Like by a long shot. Yeah. A long shot. You know how many people die crossing the border? Quite a few. Well, as opposed to who end up killing somebody yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this is a much more present risk to us. Something like this happening again, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, it might. It's, it's when. It's going to. Of course. And it's going to get worse. Because we're, we're not going to get to all of these bridges before they collapse. No. I'm sure probably since then, maybe some bridge somewhere in some town collapsed that killed like one person. But we don't know about it because. Or how, uh, like, how many, are those 75,000 bridges still just sitting there waiting oh, to collapse? Yeah. yeah. All of them? Yes. Like, our, none of them have been addressed? Our total possibly. infrastructure gets a grade. Of D plus. That's horrifying. That's what our infrastructure, the world's superpower, gets as a grade. That's fucking embarrassing. It's beyond embarrassing. This is what I tell my clients who like the idea of like not being completely honest on their taxes, not reporting all their income, and I get it. Paying taxes is nobody's favorite thing to do. But here's the thing. We need 
the revenue if like it's like oh i don't want to pay taxes i don't like paying taxes because our government is corrupt and it's like well you know what else our government does provides roads and infrastructure and if you're like well they're not prioritizing that okay fair enough fucking vote them out and vote for people who actually can affect change and are are willing to affect change like one of uh andrew yang's biggest selling points to me it was a really good point he was like he was like now he's like our federal and state governments do a lot of things poorly and slowly (laughs) and you know he's like but the one thing that everybody can agree on he's like that both our state local and federal government does is give away money He's like, he's like now he's like in the form of checks, social security check, Medicare, like all. He's like they're very good at giving out money. They're he's, very good at denying people that stuff too. Unfortunately, true. But he's like, he's like, he's like now the thing is, he's like the challenge is where to get that flow of that money going. You get it from taxes. Yeah. Yeah. The and well and where it's routed, like you have uh, a right, right where the, the budget. Yes, person yeah. person A wants to give a tax cut to an oil company. Person B wants to invest in building a new bridge. Always vote for person of B. Of course. But some people aren't going to see it that way. Because they're fucking bought. That's why. Or the, well whatever. The politicians it, are. I right. mean, maybe I'm, but individuals I'm saying, have But I'm saying the person's not going to necessarily see it that way because when a guy is saying, "I'm going to lower your taxes." That's all he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That that's something you know? important to note. As someone who works with revenue and specifically people's taxes, tax cuts, the, it's so short-sighted. It's looking to line our pockets as individuals at our own detriment. Like, think about it. A vast majority of our government's funding comes from us, from revenue. So when we cut revenue, we literally are cutting how much money the gov- like our country has to spend. It increases our deficit. It makes us have to borrow, especially things like fucking borrowing from Social Security. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and here, okay. and, and it's anyway. but it's short sighted for the person too because all the person's thinking, hey, every year I'm going to save like three or four hundred bucks, but not mm-hmm. realizing that because that tax cut happened, uh, well now the daycare center is gone. So now you've got to pay, you know, $300 a month for like private daycare or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. little it's mm-hmm. little things like that. Yeah. Where you're seeing it as, "Oh, I'm going to save $400, not I'm going to wind what up What I'm spending in the future. I'm not going to wind up losing $1200 yes. is what you should be thinking. Humans are horribly short-sighted. We really are. And Well, that's why those policies work and yeah. get passed. Yeah. And we need to just fucking suck it up and learn to be a little stoic in the short run so that it can pay off in the long run. Anyway, we've gone long. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to pee, so let's wrap it up. <laughs> Should we so be that in? was <laughs> Yes, we will, because I'm going to be too lazy to edit it out. So that was the I-35 West bridge collapse. Yes. Once again, this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week. And... Know your exits. Interruption, interruption, interruption. Last word. I get the last word. Especially off a bridge. I get the last word.